are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on everybody welcome to another episode of the locked on vikings podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day i'm your host your pal and you get you copied off in math class my name is luke braun you can find me on twitter at luke braun nfl you can find the show on twitter at locked on vikings and as the nfl ramps up training camp the nba is having its draft and that means the locked on nba channels uh everything just like this show but for all the nba teams including the wolves if you're into that shout out to ben they're having a live nba draft show make sure you go check that out during the nba draft and all the hype all the excitement make sure you go check out the live show where they will get they got a studio and everything it is awesome and they'll be bringing you all of the analysis live reactions all sort of stuff with an expert from each local market make sure you don't miss it ring in the nba draft with the locked on podcast network and today the rookies reported to training camp. A lot of people reported to training camp. Importantly, we got press conferences with Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, a couple of the first of the season. And so we got a bunch of little nuggets that we can get out of that, as well as a resolution to the Rick Dennison thing from this weekend. Quick thing to mention, because I don't think I did on Monday. I meant to and I forgot to. Uh, all the rookies have signed their rookie deals. I know there was some bluster about the third round picks uh, not signing. All over the league, basically, Nico Collins negotiated the like maximum value deal. There there is some negotiating window in the, uh, the the third round rookie deals. You can uh, negotiate over like, I think it amounts to like $400,000 over the life of the contract. Nico Collins maxed that out. All the other players wanted it maxed out. It made the, the contract negotiation go a little bit longer. I don't know if the Vikings third rounders, Davis, uh, Chaz Surratt, and Patrick Jones, I don't know if those three guys actually maxed out their deals like Nico Collins did, but they do. Uh, they did sign their deals, which I think is what you should care more about, because otherwise, in the grand scheme of like the cap, it's all nickels and dimes. But on to uh, more current news, let's talk about Rick Dennison. So Rick Dennison has been, call it demoted, um, uh, over the weekend, Courtney Cronin reported that, uh, the, that Rick Dennison had parted ways with the team and then she right right away she updated like well actually not officially parted ways there's still like a door open for him to come back in a different role or they're going to figure something out and after what according to Mike Zimmer was like months of kind of talking and negotiation and trying to figure something out they figured out what we'll call a compromise Rick Dennison still lost his job as O-line coach. Phil Rauscher is going to be the O-line coach and Ben Steele, a former special teams guy, is going to come in to be an offensive assistant to take over what Phil Rauscher had to vacate. Um, and Rick Dennison is the odd man out there and he is just going to be an offensive assistant. So he is not going to be on the field. He's not going to be really in any uh, capacity that you're familiar with coaching the Minnesota Vikings. He'll be a strategist and he'll be on the Zooms and he'll help them design plays, which I think is more his talent anyways. Um, but he is kind of, you know, one foot in the window and that's kind of it uh shouting from the outside ideas and that's kind of all he gets to do because he won't get the COVID-19 vaccine which we talked about on Monday and that's going to be where that goes so O-line coach Phil Rauscher the Vikings have a new O-line coach and maybe this guy's a little better at developing talent than Rick Dennison was I never thought Rick Dennison I well I thought he was bad until I looked into it more and then as I don't know Rashad Hill's footwork got better Garrett Bradbury's pass sets have improved they're not good yet but they're definitely better than they were uh I think Brian 
know, Neil's gotten better at anchoring. Like, I, I don't know, guys were improving a little under him. We'll see if Phil Rauscher can accelerate that, which I think is reasonable to expect of good offensive line coaches. Elsewhere in that presser, we got a little bit of an injury roundup. So uh, Daniil Hunter probably is coming to practice today on Wednesday, uh, which is where they all just showed up. They didn't actually practice yesterday. So uh, they are probably going to practice with Hunter, uh, most likely, which is great. That kind of says that they, that his injury is hundred percent behind him, which was reported, but it's nice to see it in action. Um, they're going to take it easy with a couple of guys. Christian Derrissaw still coming off that groin injury that he suffered in college that he played through in college. Um, and they're being really, really cautious with him. It kind of sounds like one of those things where we don't have to be cautious, but we're going to, because you don't want the guy to, you know, suffer a bad injury in camp. Um, apparently Bashad Breland, who's dealing with a shoulder injury is also close. And Rick Spielman wouldn't say much on Michael Pierce, who injured his calf, uh, not too long ago in the off season. And the estimate was that he'd come back sometime at camp. So he's probably still working through that, but Rick Spielman won't talk about it. Um, also, I thought it was interesting. Mike Zimmer went on a fairly passionate tangent about getting vaccinated. And at times it kind of sounded like he was talking directly about Rick Dennison, but also talking about, I don't know, players or anybody who's going to get vaccinated. But he basically said uh, that, I mean, look, we can't require it, but I'm going to push and I'm going to make sure you have all the information you need. And ultimately, I can't make that decision for you, but we're going to push. And, we're, and he, he came out like very, very staunchly saying you should get vaccinated, which I think is kind of surprising for an NFL head coach, knowing the, uh, the, the classic disposition of those in leadership positions in the NFL. I'll put it that way. Uh, but that was I don't know. I, I found a, an interesting nugget. And the final little uh, note to go over, Jalen Twyman was exposed to waivers on Tuesday. He went through waivers, it cleared waivers, and now he's on the non-football injury list, so he has safely been stashed, and he won't be able to come back until week nine. He'll now be just basically on IR until week nine, recovering from the, the gunshot wounds that he suffered when he went to visit his aunt earlier in the summer, and he'll be able to kind of uh, recover, no pressure, all good. And, and Mike Zimmer kind of said, hey, you know, when you get shot four times, I think he said, you, you get a little nervous about things, which I guess makes sense. You know, you don't definitely don't want to like reopen a wound or anything like that. So go get better Jalen Twyman, come back week nine, and then we'll figure out what to do with you on the roster or practice squad or whatever you want to do with the sixth round pick there. For the rest of the show, I am going to do one of my favorite yearly traditions, which is the pre-training camp roster prediction, 53-man roster prediction. This is always a really, really fun one um, because this is the one that's the most wrong all the time because we don't know anything. We haven't seen anybody play in camp yet. We don't have too much of uh, too much information to like go off of. But I always think that that's a fun exercise because you at least get to kind of uh, take a cross-section of where you feel everybody is, what's chalk, and then it's really fun to compare how things change when you do the 53-man prediction at the end of training camp in the preseason uh, or in the middle of it or, or, or whenever you do it. So we're going to do offense and we're going to do defense and that's going to be the rest of the show. Before we get into that, however, I want to talk to you about Grambling. It is not too late to get your bets in on the Vikings. Since the beginning of the offseason, the Vikings line have moved has moved up a half a game. They are now over under nine wins. So if they go nine and eight, you push. If you want to bet on either side of that, if you think they'll win five, if you think they'll win ten, head on over to betonline.com. 
AG. They're your one-stop shop for all things Grambling. You can bet on football. You can bet on who the first head coach to be fired is or the coach of the year. You can bet on the Lynx. You can bet on the Twins. You can bet on the Olympics. You can bet on anything you can dream up. You can find it on betonline.ag. And if you don't have an account yet, don't worry. It's free to do that. That's the easy part. And then when you make your first deposit, if you enter promo code Locked On, you get some free Grambling money as well. They'll match your first deposit 50% of the way. So that means if you put in 100 bucks as part of your first deposit, they'll slap 50 on top of it. So make a thousand dollar first first deposit, you'd have 1500 bucks to gramble with just by entering the promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N all one word at betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. All right, shall we get to? The 53-man roster prediction. Uh, this was year was pretty easy, actually. Uh, there's not a lot of really conflict. I mean, it pretty much went chalk with this, and I feel like anything that, that changes from chalk will be interesting in and of its own right. So this is kind of just chalk with a couple of decisions here and there, but it wasn't all that bad. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins, easy. Kellen Mond, easy. Those guys aren't getting cut. And I did keep a third quarterback. I kept Jake Browning, and I've got him slotted in his QB2 right now, kind of until proven otherwise. I don't really see any reason to make Kellen Mond the primary backup until we kind of know that he could play if you did have to put him in, but I'm not going to put him in before he's ready, before he knows the playbook, before he's fixed some of the things that really uh, sank him at a and I don't really feel any need to put him on the field and, and work those things out when I've got games on the line, um, and I think in, in terms of who actually wins the true backup job, Jake Browning's kind of been molding for it, and I think he blows Nate Stanley out of the water. Uh, running backs, of course, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, I'm keeping Amir Abdullah. This was kind of a luxury thing that I could do because I actually ended up, I came in under uh, 53, so I kept Amir Abdullah. Um, I am keeping Kanae Nwangwu. I, I think that is, uh, I, I, I'll i get to it when I talk about the wide receivers, but I think in terms of like skill players that offer things, he seemed like the most dynamic one, and I think there's a really high chance that he does cool stuff on special teams. Kicking, kickoff returns are like his life, they're like his passion. Running back is a secondary thing, like to him personally, and I think, I don't know, that feels like it matters. And then of course, CJ Ham, so it's five run backs if you count ham wide receivers i also have five not six because it does seem like they're, they're really committing to two tight end and not having three wide receivers all the time it means you need less guys on the roster of course justin jefferson adam thielen i'm putting dd westbrook on the on the roster even though uh you know maybe he gets kj righted i don't think that happens with westbrook uh and then bc johnson and amir smith marset i'm not rostering chad bb i came to a decision between chad bb and kanae nwangwu and i just think when it comes to returning um nwangwu's nwangwu was going to have a, a bigger, better impact than than BB will. Even though BB is experienced, he I don't know. He's got like a, a, a fumbles issue, and he's not very fast. And Nwangwu doesn't have either of those problems, at least right not not yet. Uh, tight ends, we have Irv Smith, Tyler Conklin, and then it is actually down to Shane Zilstra, Zach Davidson. And Brandon Dillon. So Chalk is Brandon Dillon. He's the guy that I think is going to default to get that third tight end spot. Now, Shane Zilstra could totally get it. Zach Davidson could totally get it. Zach Davidson had a pretty good OTAs too. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Zach Davidson get it. But based on what he did in college, 
I'm not that confident that Davidson will be ready for a 53-man roster yet. And I think, I mean, he's an easy, easy practice squad guy, right? And because he's not making the team, he's a six-round pick, I don't think a guy like that gets poached, right? The only real, like, uh, argument that I could see to roster him is as, like, kind of a, a backup punter, and if Britton Colquitt goes down, you know, you could have it. But I'm, I, you're not going to activate him for games for that reason, and, uh, it, you know, you're, you're not going to need him on the active roster to be the punter next week. You could just activate him whenever. So I think he is a practice squad guy um, and I'm, I'm putting Brandon Dillon in there just based off of experience and, and based off of a couple of really good pr- uh, preseason performances in the past. Um, I don't know. Well, he made the team outright the one year, right? But he didn't stay on it for very long. Um, and but I think this year he actually could carve out his role as kind of the third guy, the depth, the backup tight end if one of the other two guys goes down. Um, next up is the offensive line. I will break this uh, down into tackles versus interior guys just to keep it straight, but there's some overlap between the two. Of course, you got Brian O'Neill, Rashad Hill, Christian Derisaw. Those are easy. Uh, and then you have Oli Udo. I'm still counting as a tackle. Uh, Rick Spielman actually said that maybe he's going to have a chance at the, the right guard job, or maybe that was Mike Zimmer. One of them said it, that he's going to compete at right guard this year. Um, so technically he could count as a guard. I'm keeping him in the tackle room for now because he is still a backup tackle, compete for guard or not. If tackles start going down, Oli Udo is going to be the guy that goes out there uh, before they like bring in new tackles or something like that. So uh, yeah, O'Neal, Hill, Derisaw, Udo, those are your quote-unquote tackles. And then at interior offensive line, you have Bradbury, Ezra Cleveland, Wyatt Davis, and then I had two spots left over. And the guys that I can choose from are not very uh, exciting, which is kind of unfortunate. You've got Dakota Dozier, blech, you've got uh, Mason Cole, whatever. I put Mason Cole in. Uh, you got like Drew Samia, and then you've got like Kyle Hinton and Blake Brandle, who I'm just not very high on either of those guys right now. Um, so Drew Samia... I just can't see it. I think his time's up. Dakota Dozier is actually the guy I ended up going with just based off of experience. But here's the thing. Rick Dennison's, I think, got a little bit less influence because he's not going to be in all the rooms he needs to be in to really cape for hashtag his guy. Um, So I I could definitely be wrong. This is definitely one of the harder decisions. Um, And I think there's absolutely an opening here for somebody like uh, Blake Brandle or Hinton, if they're ready, this is kind of the time. Uh, or even, I mean, hey, what if Drew Samia turns a corner, right? And maybe he makes the team. Um, and I think Mason Cole has a pretty easy path to the team. So the overall offensive line, Bradbury, Cleveland, Davis, uh, Mason Cole, Dakota Dozier, and then O'Neal Hill, Derisaw Udo, that's nine guys. You could keep a 10th if you want. I don't know who that 10th guy would be. Um, it is actually a fairly thin group on the interior, but there's a lot of these guys that go either way, right? Ezra Cleveland, technically could be counted as a tackle. Oli Udo technically could be counted as a guard. So if somebody goes down, you're going to kind of move guys around and you kind of have, you know, in among nine players, you've got seven interior guys and six tackles, which is nice. And that's by design. So coming up, we're going to do the defense. Same deal. But first, let me talk to you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. Built Bar is absolutely delicious. Built Bar is covered in 100% chocolate. It tastes like a candy bar. You want a Mounds bar? Have the coconut one. You want an Almond Joy? Have the coconut almond one. You want chocolate orange? They've got that. Chocolate raspberry, cookies and cream, chocolate mint, chocolate peanut butter, all these classic combinations, nine flavors. And you can get my favorite thing to do is a sampler of all nine. You get two of each of their nine flavors. And also, if you check back at the Bilt Bar website every once in a while, they've got specialty flavors as well. And those are the ones that are really off the chain. So definitely don't miss out on that at BiltBar.com. You can get whatever you order 15% off of that order by entering promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. That's 15% off of your order for entering promo code LOCKED15, all one word at BiltBar.com. 
Let's keep this 53-man roster prediction going, and let's start on the defensive line with the defense here. The easy ones are Pierce Tomlinson and Sheldon Richardson, and then I only kept four defensive tackles. You could keep five, um, but I don't know. The reasoning for that is dumb. So Jalen Twyman doesn't count. He's on the non-football injury list, so set him aside. And then the next three guys are Armin Watts, James Lynch, and Jordan Scott. You could technically count Hercules Mata'afa, but the way he played at edge uh, last year, I am kind of guessing that he's going to count as an edge rusher. Um, and between those three guys, I don't really see a need to keep two. So I just threw Armin Watts in there. I threw James Lynch and Jordan Scott out. I don't know. Maybe James Lynch figures it out with a with a true preseason and and a year under his belt. He didn't seem as a prospect like the kind of guy that would just like totally flame out in the NFL. But hey, that just happens to guys. Uh, so that's four defensive tackles, defensive ends. Of course, you've got Daniel Hunter, DJ Wanham, the two draft picks. I don't think I see any reason to cut, even though I don't think Janarius Robinson will be ready. There's room for him on the 53. Again, I kind of came in under. So I had some luxuries to do this and not have to like try to expose him to waivers super athlete not a lot of skill sets you know make him a healthy scratch and, and call it a redshirt year and then of course Patrick Jones so that's four and then I had room for Stephen Weatherly the only guys that are like really kind of pushing those jobs Jalen Holmes I think his time's up uh, I mean, he started a lot last year and it didn't go great. And I think that's kind of is the referendum we need where we can say, all right, you're just like a dude. Let's give it to somebody. Give that roster spot. You know, I'm not going to cut Janarius Robinson so I can keep Jalen Holmes, even though Holmes is probably better than Robinson right now. Um, I, I think there's just something to like, you know, is he's he's run his course. Kenny Willekes, I could definitely throw a wrench in this if he comes back and he's strong. We haven't actually seen him play a down yet. I'm not putting him on the roster yet until he kind of earns it, though. As a second year, seventh round player, you just don't get that. Um, and then Jordan Brailford, I think Hercules Mata'afa kind of similarly, it, it's run its course. I was really excited about him and he came and he played really well at edge for a, a couple of games in 2020. So he definitely has a shot. I'm not putting him in mind though. And then Siande Johnson, of course, is the uh, undrafted free agent that I don't really see room for. Could see him on the practice squad though. So that's nine defensive linemen, Pierce Tomlinson, Sheldon Richardson, Armin Watts, and then Daniel Hunter, Weatherly, DJ Wanham, Patrick Jones, Janarius Robinson, and then... The linebackers, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks are easy. I actually put Nick Vigil in, uh, even though I don't think that's a guarantee. I, I think that it's one of the another one of those things where the group, the depth of the group just isn't challenging him really enough because you've got Troy Dye, who I think just needs to kind of sit down and learn for a little bit instead of being thrown in the fire like he was last year. Chaz Surratt needs that as well. And then I actually had room for another linebacker, and I was kind of choosing between Cameron Smith, Ryan Connolly, and then Blake Lynch, tough. Borland and Christian Ellis, the two uh, undrafted free agents. Blake Lynch is such an interesting one to me because he's so fun and athletic and he did get in and he got some experience. Um, but I couldn't really, I, I, I went with Cameron Smith. I saw that he had taken some first team reps in OTAs, which is a pretty good sign to me. And um, I, I think, you know, coming off of that, that heart thing that knocked him out for, for 2020, to see him come back and then immediately kind of get that run tells me that the year off didn't destroy him. And that makes me a little bit more optimistic about him. And I just don't think, I mean, Ryan Connolly had like a, a good game or two in New York and he's still kind of coasting off of that because he got hurt. Um, and so I, I don't really think he played very well when he had to come in in 2020 either. So I'm going with Cameron Smith over any of those guys. I could see Blake Lynch on the practice squad again, though, for sure. So there's your six linebackers, Barr, Kendricks, uh, Nick Vigil, Troy Dye, Chaz Surratt, Cameron Smith, and then the cornerback room. I decided to throw Jeff Gladney to the side, which made the decision really easy. Um, I think if Jeff Gladney came back, you would just bump the guy off the end. 
Um, but for now, let's say he just goes on like the commissioner exempt list or whatever and just not really worry about it. So you've got, of course, Patrick Peterson, Cameron Dantzler, Mackenzie Alexander, Bashad Breland. There's your kind of principal four. Um, and then Harrison Hand, who was really killing it at OTAs. And I actually really like his 2020 tape. I did an episode about that earlier in the offseason and an article, too. So go check those out if you missed him. Um, but I really liked Harrison Hand's tape. I actually think the kid can play. Uh, and Chris Boyd is the sixth guy. That decision wasn't that hard. It was Chris Boyd or Dylan Maven, Perry Nickerson, Amari Henderson, or Ty Smith. The real difficult thing is Chris Boyd or, you know, what happens with Jeff Gladney. Jeff Gladney comes in, you're putting him on the roster. You're not cutting your first round pick after uh, a second year. If he's suspended or whatever, you know, then you, you bring him back. You could do seven corners if Chris Boyd's doing well on special teams. You don't want to cut him. You could do like one less safety or something like that, or you could cut a linebacker. You could kind of, you know, a lot of these guys that I just kind of threw on there because there was room. You could get rid of one of those guys to make room for a seventh corner and not have to worry about this. Um, but I guess I've just set that decision aside for now. It's Chris Boyd. Uh, then there are the safeties. Harrison Smith and Xavier Woods are the easy ones. Cameron Bynum, he's not getting, uh, he's, he actually has, has impressed kid, uh, Harrison Smith a lot. And he actually had a, a, a pretty good camp and got in with the ones some when I think it was Harrison, somebody was sitting out with either veteran rest or was hurt or something. He actually got some run with the ones and did pretty well. And then of course, Josh Metellus is the fourth one. I say, of course, because the other options are Miles Dorn and Luther Kirk. And I just, I don't, I don't see those two guys making a run for the job. So we'll put Josh Metellus in there. I mean, I don't really see Josh Metellus like he, he didn't play rosterably when he played either. Uh, but I guess, you know, Luther Kirk and Miles Dorn were on the practice squad during that. So I guess they played even less rosterably. And I, I don't really see any reason for that to, to flip around. Uh, and then, of course, you have the specialists, which is kind of interesting. You've got the battle between Greg Joseph and Riley Patterson. And while Riley Patterson's currently on PUP, I actually just don't believe in his uh, his his resume at Memphis very much. He didn't have he had one kind of good season. He had a lot of moments where he missed like game winning field goals in big situations in conference championships or bowl games. And it just doesn't seem like he's a better kicker than Greg Joseph right now. So I'm giving it to Greg Joseph. And I actually think Greg Joseph has a decent shot to be like an okay kicker. Um, I, I don't think we need to go get the best kicker in the league. Uh, I, I know that's like a hard sell for Vikings fans, but pursuing the best kicker in the league is like how you get a bad kicker. Just give me an okay one that's like not going to be the headline. And I think that could be Greg Joseph. Long snapper battle. I actually have thoughts on this because it's Turner Bernard versus Andrew DePola. Andrew DePola has years and years of experience. Turner Bernard was like grown in a lab to long snap. It's kind of like uh, Nwangwu who like he, he, long snapping is like who Turner Bernard is and unlike guys like De Paolo, who's like a quarterback who didn't work out and then turned to long snapping, which a lot of long snappers go that way, where they're, they, it's kind of like a thing they do in high school because nobody else wanted to, and then that's the thing they turn out to be good at. No, Turner Bernard grew up as a five-year-old son of a long snapping guru, and that kind of makes me think he's got to have a leg up. Even with all the veteran experience and stuff, it's like, no, this guy has been like, a long snapper from day one in the way that wide receivers are wide receivers from day one. And that kind of like ingrained in your, like every cell of your body thing 
is not something you see at long snapper very often, and I think it's going to matter. And then, of course, punters Britain Cole quit. There's no competition there. There was Zach Von Rosenberg. He's already been released. So that is 53. I'm going to go over it one more time. You got Cousins, Jake Browning, Kellen Mond at quarterback, running back, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Amir Abdullah, Kanae Wangwu, and then, of course, CJ Ham. Uh, wide receivers, Jefferson, Thielen, Didi Westbrook. I got BC Johnson, Amir Smith, Marset, and Ochad BB, although I could see myself being wrong on that one. Uh, tight ends, Irv Smith, Tyler Conklin, Brandon Dillon. T- offensive tackles, Brian O'Neill, Rashad Hill, Christian Derisaw. We'll count Oli Udo as one for now. Uh, interior offensive lineman, Garrett Bradbury, Ezra Cleveland, Wyatt Davis, Mason Cole, Dakota Dozier at defensive tackle. You got Pierce Tomlinson, Sheldon Richardson, and Armin Watts working in there every once in a while. And then at defensive end, Hunter, Stephen Weatherly, DJ Wan, and Patrick Jones, Janarius Robinson. Linebacker, you got Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, Nick Vigil coming in as the third guy. And then you've got Troy Dye, Chaz Surratt, and Cameron Smith backing it up, playing special teams, learning on the bench. Cornerback, you have Patrick Peterson, Cameron Dantzler, Mackenzie Alexander, Bashad Breland. You've got Harrison Hand coming in in relief. And Chris Boyd has that roster spot, I guess, for now, uh, depending on what happens with Jeff Gladney, who I'm setting aside. Um, At safety, you have Harrison Smith, Xavier Woods, Cameron Bynum, and Josh Metellus. And then the specialists would be Greg Joseph, Turner Bernard, and Britton Colquitt. I think the only thing that I don't love about this is that I, I don't know how good this will be on special teams. And I think a lot of the kind of random, you know, the Cameron Smith, Kanae Wang Wu, Chris Boyd type, Josh Metellus type uh, decisions that I made, probably those are going to be decided in special teams. And I have no earthly idea who does better in those drills, right? So that's probably going to be the biggest source of things I get wrong in this prediction. But I think it's a good chalk setup for now. And it'll be interesting to compare uh, the actual results and future predictions and stuff against it as kind of a barometer for, hey, what's changed? You know, who had a really impactful camp? I will see you all tomorrow. We got three Storytime series entries left to do. We're going to do them by the end of the week, and then that will be done, and we'll be able to go full-on training camp, and I will be bringing you lots of insights from training camp when I'm actually there next week. So that will be exciting. Until then, check out the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski going over everything in the wide world of sports under 20 minutes every single day. And do not forget to check out the Locked On NBA Draft live show. I'm going to bug you about it. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, Skull.